Welcome to the Native Diamond Podcast. Oh, shit! What you waiting for? Please don't forget to like, like the, video, the video, hit subscribe, ring the bell. That way you're notified every time I drop a new episode of Native, Native Diamond, Diamond Podcast. Podcast. This is Native Diamond Podcast. I'm Seth Mick, and today I'm here with Mark Bradley, the singer of Disappear. Uh, thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me, dude. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's open it up. I'll let you you know, give yourself a quick bio, let the listeners know about yourself a little bit. Um, I'm Mark. I sing for Disappear. Um, we're a metallic hardcore act out of Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, got a lot of various influences as far as like what makes the band who we are. Um, I would say we draw a lot of inspiration from like, um, like integrity and, uh, We've been compared to like turmoil. I can uh, see that. A little bit of despair, which I love Scott Vogel. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah. Cool. Um, so how is quarantine going for you right now? <laughs> uh, it's not too bad. I mean, it sucks because like the weather has been kind of shitty this week. Mm-hmm. But like my fiance and I, we've been finding stuff around the house to keep us busy. Like uh, I think the first week we cleaned our house from like top to bottom, all the closets, like our garage and everything. And then we just kind of like ran out of shit to do. So we've been kind of finding stuff to do, Mm -hmm. but it's cool though. Have you picked up any hobbies or done anything uh, with your time? Um, I've read a little bit. Like I I picked up a couple of comics yesterday, uh, like three issues of uh, absolute carnage, which I was pretty psyched on. Been waiting to read that since like the summertime um just playing like video games um we did start doing yoga together though so that's been cool oh cool yeah yeah (laughs) so um are you a straight edge yourself um i saw that your band was tagged with straight edge but uh yeah i'm straight edge um i've been straight edge probably close to a decade now Mm -hmm. um I, I led uh, uh, kind of a reckless lifestyle when I was in my 20s. I'm, I'm 35 now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and through that experience, it kind of brought me to where I am now. Um, I was married to a, a drug addict when I was in the Army. And because of the stuff that she was doing while I was in Afghanistan, um, I came home and basically like got filed for divorce like two weeks after being home. And, uh, because of like what I found out that my son had gone through, it really made me want to change my lifestyle and be better. Mm-hmm. And uh, straight as just seemed kind of like the, the natural thing to do. Um, and it was like a, you know, it was a promise that I made to myself and to my kids that I was going to be better. That's really cool, dude. Um, so how many kids do you have? You said you I have-, have two kids. I have a daughter and a son. Uh, my daughter is 14 and my son will be 10 in August. Oh, cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> so you got your hands full. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Um, so tell me a little bit about Fort Wayne, where you guys are from. Um, Fort Wayne is a, it's a small, big city. Um, we're the second largest city in Indiana. Um, so it's got that kind of like small town vibe to it, but you know, we, we have like, um, we have like sports teams and stuff like that. Maybe not like the major level, you know, like some of the bigger cities, but we have those amenities to offer that some of the other larger cities would have. Mm Um, we're starting to get a good music scene back. Um, I started going to shows when I was in my like late teen years, uh, probably like 16, 17 is when I started going to shows Mm -hmm. and we had a good music scene then. And then, um, I kind of got out of it for a little while and then I was gone for 10 years while I was in the army. And, um, so since I've been back, I've been seeing quite a bit of a revitalization in the, in the Fort Wayne scene. Mm-hmm. Um, you got a dude like, uh, Gray Gordon, who's got an all ages venue that he runs at his house. And that's super fucking rad that we have oh, that. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's uh he's been good about making it, you know, like it's an inclusive thing with hardcore where you don't have to feel like it's a a popularity contest or anything like that, you know, like everybody's welcome. Yeah. Yeah, um I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, yeah. and the community here, I mean, I could be wrong, but it doesn't feel very strong, so that's that's good that you guys have that. Um I feel like a lot of bands kind of skip over charlotte and they go to greensboro because the fan base isn't huge here so yeah you know it's kind of unfortunate but that's good that you guys are you know you have a scene out there to identify with yeah yeah and we're not too far from like indy and chicago and detroit so we you know we get crowds from there um or i you know like we go up to shows there um in fact some of my bandmates and i we went down to indy right before the quarantine happened and we saw um the terror show with uh, magnitude and restraining order. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, our our buddies uh, Treason played that one, so nice. it was cool getting to see those dudes. Um, who are you listening to a lot of right now? Like, what's your favorite like band? Uh, I guess I've been listening to a lot of Deftones lately. Honestly, oh sick! <laughs> yeah, I fucking love that band. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's weird, you know, like because of this whole quarantine, I feel like I've been really disconnected from like the hardcore scene. Um, I, I've made this comment before that it almost feels like my identity was stripped away a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, anyway, uh, yeah, I've, I've just been listening to like Deftones, um, a little bit of like some hip hop stuff. Yeah. Listen, um, what kind hip-hop. of stuff you listen to? What kind of hip hop? Uh, a little bit of MF Doom. Okay. Yeah, I like that kind of stuff. No, oh, yeah, that's cool, man. But like, do you draw? Do you draw from other influences like hip hop in your music, or like maybe writing? I guess or um, yeah, it's weird. You know, like I get inspiration from a lot of different uh, music styles and like writers. Um, I found. More recently in my writing, I, I got some influences from, like, Matt Skiba. Mm-hmm. Just, like, the way that he structures his lyrics. And yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool how, like, you know, you don't have to listen to the genre that you're writing about 
or writing for, I should say, um, to get inspiration. Mm-hmm. What, uh, so like, what are some of your influences? What are some like reoccurring themes that you see in the album? Um, so our, our last record that we put out momentum, um, it's been out almost a year now. Well, it'll be a year in August. Um, there's a lot of different themes, um, ranging from like, um, my own battle that I've had with mental health and, uh, like suicidal ideations to, um, the more political side and then getting into animal rights. Mm -hmm. Um, one of our more popular songs, Conveyor, is about animal rights. That's something that we're all pretty passionate about. Yeah, so are you yourself, you're a vegan, right? Correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what about your other bandmates? Are they as well? Or um, One of my, uh, one of the guitar players is, is also vegan and straight edge. And then um, our bass player... He's kind of dabbling in that a little bit. Him and his wife have been, been trying to go that route. Um, none of us are really, the other ones, I should say, they're not really like big meat eaters, but they still support uh, the whole animal rights movement. Mm-hmm. Um, anything in particular, like a uh, life decision to go vegan? Like, <laughs> um, So I was living in Korea uh, five years ago. And, uh, one of my friends was like, Hey, you should check out this documentary. Um, is documentary called earthlings that Joaquin Phoenix directed. And I watched it and it was like gut wrenching. Some of the shit that you see, um, it starts off talking about, uh, like kill shelters. And then it moves into the more industrialized farming aspect of it. And it's just like, how many times have we sat down to eat something and we've never considered where it came from? You know, you never considered that that was a living being before. Yeah. You knew in your mind that that it was an animal at one time, but you didn't think about what it went through. And that to me was like that turning point where I was like, you know, I can't do this anymore. I, I can't like consciously keep continuing to live this kind of a life. So I went vegetarian for a little while and I was already basically still li- living like a, a vegan lifestyle. And I was like, well, I might as well just, you know, commit fully. So, yeah. All right. Um, yeah. So I'm a chef actually outside of this podcast stuff. It's oh, right obviously more of a hobby, but yeah. Yeah. Like um, I've had to break down all kinds of different animals and stuff. And that, that has made me kind of stay away from it a lot because yeah, um, sure. Dude, I had to break down some chicken the other day, and the breasts were literally as big as like my chest or whatever. And it's just that much, you know. They're just being pumped full of hormones. Dude, and- yeah, seriously, that's that's it too. That's like one of the things that they talked about in that documentary was like how you know they pump these these chickens full of stuff like that, and they can barely support the weight of their own legs, and they just like collapse and and die. And then you have them getting sick, and infecting the other animals that they're living around Mm -hmm. Uh, like pigs a lot of times when pigs get sick like that they'll chop the pig up and feed it right back to the other pigs so you're eating all that diseased meat that's terrible (laughs) one's got a song about that called beef yeah Uh, um 
So do you like Earth Crisis? Was oh, that a big I love Earth Crisis? Was that a big inspiration to you like growing up or? Um, yes and no. I would say more like Youth of Today. Okay. Yeah. Are you a barber? Is that yeah. like your okay? Yeah, I was kind of just checking out your page and I was trying to get to know you a little bit. So I was like, all right, so he's a barber and he skateboards. <laughs> yeah. So like, do you skate often or do you just skate like whenever? Um, I used to when I was younger. I skated a lot. I, I started skating in in 90. God, it feels like forever saying that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I started skating in 90 and I skated pretty seriously off and on as a kid and then in my teens and my 20s. And then uh, I got hurt, <laughs> oddly enough, like most of it happened in Korea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I broke my foot. I... Uh, dislocated my shoulder and like I tore the the labrum in my right shoulder so I've had three surgeries in that I had surgery on my foot so I haven't really skated as much like I used to but here recently I've been getting out and trying to skate more mm-hmm. yeah I see I'm from California and I grew up skateboarding <laughs> so yeah. I've yep. broke my ankle yeah I've done I've been through that it sucks <laughs> Yeah, I hear you, man. It's um, not the same after you injure yourself. No, it's not. Because then you're just scared the whole time. and Yeah, dude, for just, real. Just question yourself. Like, things that you would normally do, you're just kind of scared to attempt. I mean, it's more of a mental thing, I think. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That's that's totally what it is. I With, like, flip tricks, uh, I have a hard time getting myself to land them now because I'm afraid that I'm going to land on my foot and break it again. Because, right. like, what happened was I was, like, towards the end of the night, I was hanging out with some friends, and I was kind of, like, showing off. I went to go ollie over a manhole cover, and my foot went out, like, an ollie north. Yeah. But, like, it didn't come back, and I came down on, like, the edge of my foot and my board uh-huh. on top of it. And so I broke that metatarsal in my, uh, Man. yeah, on my right foot. <laughs> Oh, it sucked, dude. And I lived on, like, the fourth floor of my building, too, so I had to, like, hobble up the stairs. Oh, God. Uh, what was the co- recovery time like? How long did you have to stay out? Uh, a couple months. Man, yeah. That's I, rough. I, I had surgery on it, and then they had me in, like, one of those, uh, like, rubber boots for a little yeah. while. So I had to wear that and crutch my way around for a while. And then... Um, I was supposed to do physical therapy, and then I, that, that just didn't happen for whatever reason. So it never really healed like it should have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just, like, go out and just kind of, like, slowly cruise around trying to get comfortable on my board again. And just, like, slowly working my way back up. Do you think, like, skateboarding culture got you into heavy music? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, my my older brother and my cousin were a big influence on me as a kid. They were both skaters. They both listened to like thrash and stuff and uh, and death metal, and introduced me to like a wide array of music. And I think I just kind of like took that and ran with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they quit skating. I, they kind of quit listening to that kind of stuff and i just kept going with it and like branched out um 
bands that stick out in my mind though that they introduced me to uh like metallica we had all the metallica cassettes <laughs> when i was yeah. younger and then uh was it like 91 92 my brother got a hold of Rage against the machines demo and showed me that and i just like changed my whole world oh yeah yeah, that band will do it to you for sure. Dude, yeah. <laughs> um, so I just want to ask this question as kind of off the hip or whatever, but I just want I've been wanting to ask people, but so you know how some artists they they have this starving artist mentality and they're like, you know, making money is bad, that's selling out. Like what is your take on that whole subject? Um I mean, if you can make money, great. I'm I'm not in it for that. I'm in it strictly for the joy of playing music and uh, spreading a message of positivity. And, you know, maybe one of my life experiences, uh, somebody else can like, they can relate to it or something I've said in one of our songs resonates with them. And, and like, I don't know, hopefully changes their perspective on something or like helps them get through a difficult time like music's mm -hmm. done for me um yeah i don't know i don't i'm not against people making money playing music but at what cost though you know like do you right, sell right. yourself out and sell your like are you giving up on the things that made you who you were that made you successful to begin with or um you know, are you just actually just being successful, making money? Um, you take a band like, uh, well, like Knocked Loose, you know? Okay. I think those dudes are pretty genuine about what they do, and they're pretty successful. Right. That's true. Um, yeah, I, that question gets brought up a lot on the podcast because, you know, I like to cover a lot of newer bands, whether it be more mainstream or whatever, but I try to have more of a variety than just like one type of yeah. music, you know? Yeah. So, cause you know, I don't know who the listener is, you know, I don't know what they're into. So I try to do a disarray of different things or whatever. Sure. And the reason to reach out to you is cause I wanted more hardcore uh, presence in the show. Yeah. So I was like, well, I don't, I don't want to pick out these big hardcore bands. I want to pick these guys out that are actually still, you know, doing it and doing it right. Um, something I really enjoyed about Disappear was it feels like like an updated version of like Earth Crisis. You know, I'm just throwing that out there. Oh, Earth dude, Crisis, thank whatever. You so much. But you know what I mean. Like the yeah. production, it sounds, it doesn't sound as rough as it did because of the the quality of recording back in the day. Right. Um, you guys sound a lot more polished and you know technologically advanced, whatever. So I just think that people that are into older hardcore should check out this new stuff because the quality of music has just gone up, you know? Right. Yeah. Equipment is way better than it used to be. Right. Yeah. yeah. I totally agree. Um, so, you know, with that in mind, what is your opinion of the current state of metal and hardcore music in general? Um, I think it's, it's better now than it has been in years, you know? Uh, I, it, we're definitely on the upswing of things, but with music, I feel like there's also an ebb and flow, you know, uh, it might be popular right now. And then, um, cause it, I don't know, it seems like there's new bands coming out every day, you know, and like the, 
the scene in a way is kind of getting overly saturated, but like not in a bad way. Um, so I, I think maybe eventually it might kind of like die off again, like it did for a little while and go underground again. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's crazy, you know, you have bands like uh, like Code Orange and Incendiary that have played on WWE. Right. And like really exposed the mainstream world to, to hardcore in a different way. So I think it's great that we have stuff like that. And then you have, um, again, you have bands like, like Knock Loose that are playing big shows and they're playing with uh, the more mainstream bands, you know, so... Again, that's another avenue that kids are getting exposed to to our world. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, you know, they hear that and they're like, wow, I want to go check out who influenced that band. And, you know, mm-hmm. and then they discover. Um, I don't know. That's kind of like how I used to do it back in the day. You'd always like get a CD or whatever and you like flip to the liner notes and like check out the thank yous. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, yeah. such and such band. And then you go to the record store and you're like, yeah, I want to get this record. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think my first album was like Sublime, the self-entitled, self-titled. Yeah. And um, yeah, they shouted out like Pennywise and all these guys, Pepper. So I, I got into that shit for a little bit, you know, like coming up. And then eventually I got into punk. So yeah, like definitely. I see what, I see what you're saying. Like, you know, when other bands recommend other bands, then you're like, okay, I like this band. So I'll check out this guy. Yeah, and I appreciate that you said knock loose because they're they're just doing they're doing it right, you know. Like they they're really? getting a lot of younger people into the community, and I really applaud them for that. And I really enjoy Code Orange as well. Like they're one of my new like favorite hardcore mm-hmm. bands or whatever. I think they're more like prog metal, but you know their earlier stuff was definitely hardcore. Yeah, I'm I'm not really um, big on them. I've I've seen them quite a bit and they put on a hell of a show i'll give them that uh did you see the live stream i on did Twitch? yeah i was honestly really impressed by the visuals and stuff that they had and, and the way that uh sunny from hate five six put all that together and the fact that they did that in like 48 hours is just fucking bananas yeah yeah it is um so now that coronavirus has kind of hit and you know Live performances are out the window right now. Do you think that, you know, you guys are going to live stream maybe in the future or you guys exploring any kind of option like that? Um, we had talked about it before everything really happened. And um, we, we all have kids. So we're, we're kind of just like staying away from each other because of that. Um, I've seen other bands, though, that they have like cameras and stuff set up and they're all playing their own individual parts and then they like throw it together and make a video out of it which i I thought was cool but we don't really have the capabilities of doing that unfortunately um yeah i don't know they seemed like that was going to be like the norm for a little while that there was going to be like live stream shows and then that kind of just got nixed yeah so that really sucks well it, it could happen one day you know yeah yeah I, don't know, I just miss music in general, shows, mm-hmm. being around other people. Yeah, I feel you on that. Um, I was I was going to go to the Thy Art is Murder show, and it got canceled right before all the stuff started popping off. 
and I was like, damn, because that was going to be the first show of the year for me. So, yeah. and yeah, <laughs> I was wanting to get coverage and everything just kind of went to shit. But I mean, we're doing the best we can, you know, like it's all we can do is wait it out. I mean, we don't really have an option. So, yeah. How is it there right now with the virus? Um, it's pretty bad. Like, uh, have you gone to the grocery store lately? Yeah. Like, is everyone like masked up and gloved uh, up and all that? Yes and no. Uh, my fiance and I, we, we wear one when we go out. We see other people, but for the most part, there's people that are walking around like nothing's happening. You right. know, they're, they're not distancing themselves from other people at the store. They're all up on each other in lines. And it's just really frustrating. Um, the other day when we were at the store, there was a girl that was with her boyfriend or whatever, and she coughed and, like, didn't cover her mouth and then laughed uh. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Um, yeah, because that freaking bus driver, he died because someone coughed on him. And that was all over the news. I mean, yeah, it's a scary time. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, was it in China? Aren't they, like, uh, taking temps of people as they're walking by and making sure no one has a fever? I haven't heard about that. But um, I've heard that grocery stores are talking about doing that here. They're I mean... Take it would, I don't think it would hurt, you know? No, take, it wouldn't. I mean, we have to take precautions. I mean, so yeah. what do you think about, what do you think about personally the skepticism in the nation? You see it all over social media, you know, there's a lot of conspiracy theorists and stuff like that. What is your take on the whole uh, conspiracy part of the coronavirus? You mean like with the 5G towers and the corona radiation? <laughs> well, there's a lot of it, but yeah, I'll, I'll listen to that one too. I've heard that one as well. Yeah. Dude, I, I've i seen so many of these these like crazy crackpot theories, um, but those two are the main ones that I've seen, that it's 5G technology that's causing the virus, and uh, I don't think it has anything to do with that at all. Um it came from that wet market in Wuhan. And, you know, I, I don't know if it was from tainted meat or if there was an infected. Because I've heard it, that it was like a fish market and like a, a bat bit somebody or it bit a fish or something like that. Somebody ate it and then they traveled and spread it. Yeah. I've heard, yeah, I've heard the origin of a bat. I've heard that. Um, I don't know. I've been hearing a lot of people think it's biological. and I've heard that, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know really what to believe. Um, I don't, me personally, I don't trust mainstream, you know, news. Uh, they're going to tell people, shit, you know, I'm not going to shoot, shoot my theory out there or whatever. Yeah, no, I feel you on that. I None of us know, though, you know? Yeah. With any of this, we're all just kind of, like, reaching for answers at this point. I feel like I've, I've been saying this to a lot of people lately that we're kind of just, like, fumbling our way through the dark. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pure speculation. Yeah, and definitely. It is biological. It's not like we're ever going to know, you know? That's true. I mean, it's a scary time right now. Um, it's going to probably take a long time for live shows to get back in effect. I heard in California, they're talking about not even having a live show until they have a vaccine. I mean, that's kind of, 
it's kind of radical thinking, um, in my opinion, because, I mean, even if you have a vaccine, I mean, you have to test that thing usually for a year before you know the side effects and things yeah, like that. Exactly. I mean, if you start shooting all these people up with vaccine, I mean, you could create something even worse or, I mean, you don't know what could happen. So that's kind of scary to think about. I guess back to your, your initial question you just asked there, the way I, I look at it is, um, I, I don't know, I hate to sound nihilistic here, but humanity, we are a plague on this earth. Mm-hmm. I mean, look around you, how nature has started to return back to normal. How, uh, what was it, Los Angeles, the... The skies are clear now because of factories being shut down. There's no more smog and you have animals running loose on bridges and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like because of that, I feel like maybe this thing might be the earth's way of cleansing itself. Yeah. I could see that like a purge. Yeah. I mean, I know that probably sounds kind of crazy, but it's just kind of the way I, I look at it. I can see that. I can totally see that. I mean, all right, so back to me, like, you know, I'm a chef or whatever. So, like, you know, meat industry, they're polluting the earth so much, you know, just by with the cattle and slaughtering the cows and all these resources it takes to feed these animals. You know, it's it's not good for the environment by any means, but no, you know, you get you got you kind of get this like hate love thing you either have people that love that you know love that side of it or they hate it so they're like you know you know proponents of meat or meat eating whatever yeah and it seems like the more that you talk to people about this the more they want to like double down on their stance on it they're like oh yeah i'm i'm a meat eater and like i don't know uh i used to be in the plumber and steam fitter trade for a little while and i had dudes in the trade that were telling me that I was somehow less of a man because I didn't eat meat. Uh, what? <laughs> they were like, yeah, if you ate a steak once in a while, you probably wouldn't get sick. Uh, like, uh, I don't understand how eating meat equates to masculinity, but whatever. <laughs> well, that's a GI Joe toting statement right there. But I mean, all you're really getting from me is B12, and if you supplement that, then I mean, I don't yeah. really think I don't really think you need meat in your diet. You, you know? don't. And the thing about it is, is people that claim that they get protein from meat, well, where the hell do you think the animals get the protein from? Right. It comes from the plants that they eat. You're That's just true, getting true. secondhand protein. I saw that in a vegetarian vegan documentary. They were like, you know, you don't see animals eating that shit, and they're strong as hell, <laughs> you know. They're getting it from plants, so. Yeah. I mean, I think we evolved from plants anyways. I mean, ve- you know, vegetarian diet is a part of the evolution of a uh, human. <laughs> we are. I mean, by nature, we're supposed to be omnivores. Our teeth are designed that way. If you look at the science behind it, over time, we have conditioned ourselves to become hunter-gatherers and eat meat. Mm-hmm. But we're at this point in life now where we don't have to, we can sustain ourselves completely off of a plant-based diet. Yeah, for sure. Um, like how hard is that for you? Like when you're going out to eat to a different restaurant or whatever, um, say you don't see like a vegan option on the menu, like what is your go-to? 
Um, it, it just depends. You know, we, we typically don't, don't go anywhere that, that doesn't have at least one or two vegan options. Um, and there's, there's ways around that, you know, you can order things like, uh, let's say you want to go to a diner and you know how like they usually make hash browns, they put a lot of butter on it. You can ask to not have your hash browns cooked in butter and just have it cooked in oil. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing I like to do. I, there's a couple of diners around here that I go to. I'll do that. I get, get hash browns and I'll have them dice up some like onion and jalapeno and that's that's good enough as it is you know yeah or you know there's always like fresh fruit options um but we a lot of places around here honestly they have a lot of vegan options it's crazy uh we have a couple of fully vegan restaurants which are fucking fantastic we have uh savory which is like your um you're more like junk food stuff. They have like burgers and fries. Oh, cool. <laughs> and, and there's another place called uh, Loving Cafe, which is more of like on the, the healthier side. So those are both really cool places. And then um, all the burger places now have like uh, Beyond Burgers or they have the Impossible Burgers. So that's always another option. But for the most part, we just stay at home and cook. My, my fiance is a hell of a cook. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sh- shout out to all the cooks at home. Right. <laughs> yeah, we've been eating uh, good. Man. That's cool. So you guys haven't been having to run to the store. Did you stockpile uh, before this started, or? We go to the store uh, probably every couple of days or so, just because of, of the stuff that we use. We run out of. Um, I don't know. It's it's hard right now trying to balance between stretching your money out and buying shit in bulk right um we don't really have the the option of going out and buying mass amounts of stuff so we'll we'll you know we'll go like every few days or whatever just to get things that we need but we're we're pretty safe about it i would say right well i did hear about like the meat manufacturing i heard that like Smithfields, they had a bunch of employees that were infected. I think it was almost 300 people, and they had to basically shut down production. Wow. So a lot of people are kind of in that phase now, again, where they're stockpiling meat because they're scared they're not going to be able to get any. But, um, I mean, you don't need meat to survive. <laughs> you no. Can totally, you know, I, got, I, I went for the pasta. I was going for dry goods and stuff yeah. that I hold out on, you know. Yeah, that was gone for the longest time, too. Right. It's weird. So, like, I don't know about there, but here, the first thing that went was the toilet paper and that stuff. And then people started buying up produce. They were buying all the produce. Uh, in fact, we went one time, and the only thing that they had were onions and, like, cabbage. What? Yeah. And then it was, uh, like, cat litter. Mm, what? <laughs> and, and pasta. Pasta was another big one. All the sauce was gone. All the pastas was gone. The only thing that they didn't buy up were like the organic um, pastas, you know, the like the bougie shit that costs like four dollars a box. Yeah, <laughs> I know what you mean. But yeah, dude, that's crazy. Like the the thing that's crazy to me is like I look at everyone's feed and people from like Australia and New Zealand all the way to your end in Indiana. You know, everyone's just fucking buying shit. <laughs> it's just buying everything. 
It's yeah, like everywhere across the nation. I don't understand why. It's not like grocery stores have said they're going to close down. If anything, that's like the most essential thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. So do you think that that is making it kind of overhyped? Do you think that's kind of making it what it is? Um, yes and no. I feel like the ones that go out and buy shit, the, it's kind of like a chain reaction. They start it. And then other people are like, well, man, all these people are freaking out and buying all this stuff. So maybe I should so that they don't buy it all. <laughs> you know, and it's just yeah. like this vicious cycle. Uh, it's have crazy, you, man. Have stores started to stock back up there? Yeah, um, it took a little while. And, you know, I know you don't drink or whatever, but, you know, we drink occasionally and went to the liquor store and you're only allowed one at a time. Yeah. And then you have to like tell them like what you want or whatever. Yeah. It's just weird. It's just everything's weird about this, you know. <laughs> They're not even letting people in the liquor store here now. They have somebody really? sitting outside. Yeah. They they have they're outside with like a cooler or whatever and they're taking your order at the door. Is there like a cop uh, standing there and watching patrolling uh, the area? I noticed. Because that's been the case here. Like every liquor store, there's like a cop in the parking lot just making sure nothing pops huh. off. Yeah, no, I haven't noticed that. Yeah, that's it's crazy, man. I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's going to take a good – I think it's going to take a while to get over this, dude, honestly. I don't think – I think it's wishful thinking to say it'll be like a month or two months. I mean, there'll probably be a second wave of this shit. I don't know, man. You know, they've already talked about this thing mutating. Um, I know right now from what I've read that there are two different strains. There's an L strain and an S strain. Um, and who knows, you know, the effects that that's going to have. It could mutate again further the longer this thing goes. Mm -hmm. I just remember back to like, uh, like basic biology class in high school, you know, how they talk about something going into your your RNA and replicating itself and corrupting your DNA. Mm -hmm. um, well, th at least that was like what, what HIV does. Right. Yeah, know. HIV. Well, well, this is like SARS too. So, I mean, it's after your immune system as well. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I shouldn't talk about this shit. <laughs> I, I don't yeah, I'm just just babbling about like what I remember from high school, but, um, I just, I don't know. I thought it was more like upper respiratory from what I, and like your heart. Yeah. That's what I heard. I heard like you get like pneumonia and that's basically it. And you get a mad fever, but, um, anyway, everyone knows about Corona, I guess at this point. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's nothing that anybody hasn't heard yet, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, like, back to your album. I'll just kind of get out of that. We'll segue out of that topic. Yeah. Um, so, back to your album. Um, so, like, what are some themes that you want, you know, people to know? Like, what is different about you guys that, you know, should be heard, I guess? Or what message are you trying to get across? Um, that's an interesting question. Yeah, not really thought about that to be honest. Um, I don't really hear anybody doing the same kind of kind of riffs that we have. Um, we're not really talking about anything that nobody's really said before. Maybe we have a, a different spin on it. 
I guess my my thing is is I kind of want people to just to like we're all humans, you know. We're all capable of making mistakes. Um, you don't have to be defined by those. You don't have to be defined by your mental health or your political leanings or anything like that, you know. Yeah, I like that. I mean, you know, everyone's so political and it's kind of refreshing for people to kind of question things right now. And, you know, I just think that the government's kind of at, out of hand a lot of the time and I hope I don't get shot for saying that. But, you know, especially with all the shit that we're seeing, I feel like they're taking away rights left and right. And they're kind of doing it blindly by putting the coronavirus shield over, you know, what's going on. So, you know, it's kind of a scary thing, too. Like, I just think that government has a lot more power in our lives than we really think and know. Yeah. So I don't know. I just think, I think it's refreshing that, you know, there's still music out there where people are talking about this stuff. Cause you know, I feel like in pop music, they try to like throw all the shit under the rug and like hide it under like this veil of like, we're having fun and it's a party and you know, that shit. But like no one really talks about like real shit anymore. Well, that's the difference between, you know, like, like punk rock and hardcore and, the mainstream you know they're they don't i don't know i wouldn't say that they don't have a message but i I would say that it's more like you said it's like uh a thinly veiled thing you know and we're we're talking about the shit that we see on a daily basis that frustrates us and there's other people out there that feel the same way and that's you know why we all come together and go to shows and why we listen to aggressive stuff because it it's an outlet it helps us deal with the shit that we don't have any control of Mm -hmm. i feel like if we didn't have those things i would probably lose my mind you know yeah just because of all the stress and anxiety especially right now with shit that's going on like you said you know um I, I absolutely agree. The government is 100% out of hand right now. This the shit with the stimulus checks. How uh, I was hearing that people that are getting paper checks, they might be getting delayed because Trump wants to put his name on those. Like get the fuck out of here with that <laughs> ego <laughs> shit. I didn't even hear that. That's crazy. Oh, you haven't heard that? No, I haven't. No. And that's crazy. I mean, it, this is all, like, just a re-election thing, in my opinion. So I'm just like, you know, he's helping, I guess. But I think there's something, you know, underneath it. Yeah, of course. It's it's like you said, yeah, it's it's all tactics to try to get re-elected. All right. Um, so, you know, I appreciate your time today. I don't want to hold you forever, but I do want to... You know, I do want to ask one last question, and it's sure. a question I like to ask everyone as I leave. Uh, so what do you think the future of hardcore and metal is, in your opinion? Like, what's your take on it? Um, like, some, I guess some ideas to pop in your head, but, like, you know, I see a lot more, like, one-man band guys, like Iron Shepard's Iron, and yeah. you know, I see a lot more of that kind of stuff. So, like, do you think it's going to go that way, or do you think it's going to be more, like, I don't know, what's your take on it? Um. I think right now, you know, just for people's sake, keeping that creative energy going, it's good that we have those those projects like that. 
Um, I don't think that that's necessarily going to become the norm. I think those have always kind of existed. Um, I can think of a few bands that kind of started like that, where you had one person that did everything, and then eventually they brought other members in to round it out and have a full band. But I, again, like I was saying earlier, I feel like we're definitely on the upswing of things. Um, there's more and more bands coming out, putting out great material. Um, it seemed like last year alone was like the year of like great records. Um, I don't know if you listen to Magnitude or not, but they put out my, my personal favorite record last year. Okay, I'll check them out. I haven't. I'm not gonna lie and say I did. I mean, I haven't. I haven't checked out Magnitude, but I'll check them out. Yeah, uh, they're from from down in your area. Oh shit! <laughs> now I yeah. feel like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so yeah, I mean that was really cool. I really appreciate you being on the show. Uh, also, let me see the neck tattoo. I just want. <laughs> oh, that's dope. See, I got I got this guy. I don't know if you can see. It. I got this diamond right here in my. Oh, that's rad. <laughs> yeah, so I yeah, was like, oh I, shit. Uh, my buddy Greg did this for me. He did um, the Tesla piece that's here on the side too. Oh, badass. Yeah. Um, how many like how many hours do you have? If you could just throw out a number. Oh shit! I don't even know, man. I've got probably at least ten in my neck. Shit. <laughs> um. Uh, I probably have a good 30, 40 hours worth of work, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm not like, completely covered, but like my, my whole left arm is, most of my, my right leg is. Um, I've got a bunch of stuff. I'm, my right arm, my hands, my, my neck, obviously. Um, yeah, I don't know. I still have a whole bunch of open space right here that I'm waiting to fill in. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anything like any bad horror tattoo stories or any funny tattoo stories you want to share? Uh, funny. Yeah. Um, my, one of my friends and I, we have, uh, matching thigh tattoos. It's a, uh, pterodactyl with a blonde wig sitting on top of a hypodermic needle. <laughs> um, my my friend's shop down in Tennessee, uh, we went in there one day, and I guess that tattoo kind of became infamous around that area. So it was kind of funny. Um, <laughs> I've got a whole, like, part of my sleeve here that's fucked up, though. Um, when I was stationed in Fort Campbell, Kentucky, I went to a, a small shop, and the dude that tattooed me, I didn't know at the time, was on heroin and, like, fucked what? my shit yeah so and it's a cover-up of an, another bad tattoo so i have like two bad tattoos on top of each other oh man yeah <laughs> so i'm either gonna get that lasered off or maybe just like blast it over i'm not doing the whole blackout thing i think that shit's kind of weird yeah it is kind of weird i don't think i could live with that I don't know why that's gotten so popular either. You know, have you, have you seen that? I have. Um, I mean, most notably, I guess Ollie Sykes. <laughs> he was like the first guy I saw like with in, in like mainstream <laughs> bullshit. Oh, he's but, got, um, he's blacked out. Yeah. But it's kind of interesting. Like it's blacked out, but like the skin is like the outline. I don't know how to describe it, but like, it's not 
totally blacked out. There's like oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like it's like a negative image. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, really cool. Havoc did that too. He blacked out his arms. Oh shit. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't, I don't really see it a lot, honestly. I, I don't know. I, I saw it for a little while. I think it was more like a European thing. Yeah, probably. Well, any final thoughts you want to leave the viewers with to tell about your band or your album or anything else you want to say before we head out? Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, shout out to Blind Rage Records for putting us out. Uh, our good buddy James has that label. Um, check them out. They've got some dope releases on there. Uh, the Life Force seven inches on there. Um, we have a new re- well, yeah, I should say we have uh, a new record that was supposed to be coming out. Uh, we we're supposed to be recording for that next month, but obviously that's going to be put on hold. Um, but we're tentatively doing a couple of seven inches for that. Uh, we had a tour that was planned, but that got canceled also. So, yeah, just be on the lookout for new stuff coming eventually, whenever the <laughs> thing lists. Yeah, definitely. Well, hey, man, I really appreciate you being on the show. Mark Bradley here, the singer of Disappear. You guys check out their metallic hardcore band. Their new album is out, Momentum. And I'll plug those links from Bandcamp. Sure. And uh, any any other links that you want to plug, I'll I'll share them as well. That way, the viewers can check those out. And I just really appreciate your time, dude. For real, thank yeah, you so much for, for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, man. Well, that pretty much does it for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please like the video and subscribe. That way, you don't miss a new episode of Native, Native Diamond, Diamond Podcast. Podcast. And until I see you guys on a future video, shine, shine on. on.